For most men, there comes a point he has to man up and lose some weight. Most fall over the first hurdle, trying some extreme diet or fitness regime that's simply too hard or unrealistic to keep up. That's why Manshake was created, the simple and effective way to lose weight. So join us at themanshake.com.au and get started today. Tuesday the 4th of July, welcome to Afternoon Sport. Dan McHugh here, I'm joined by Shad Wicker. G'day Dan. And mate, it's 4th of July, have you got some fireworks? Uh, no, but I, do, I completely space that it's the 4th of July. Big shout out to any of our American friends that are listening. Mm. Not too long till the NFL season kicks off, ladies and gentlemen. America's game, and I go for America's team, baby. Uh, we have quite a few, they send in messages all the time. Really? Uh, yeah. That's cool, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I'd love to hear from our American uh, fans obviously you know what I'm gearing up for um, I'm doing real nerd study at the moment because I've got a NFL fantasy league that I'm a part of oh my god yeah so I won I, I joined one and it's got some Americans in it like and they're, they're over in the states so they were, you know I was like the oh the idiot Aussie who doesn't really know and he goes for the Cowboys which is the most hated team and then uh, I won the first year of the competition yes and then last year I was leading and ended up losing in the final so they're now like a bit on notice that I can be reasonably good but I'm also a little bit like I have no idea what I'm doing sometimes <laughs> mate so. that's just as good as being someone that plays sports so yeah hey um yeah, so. don't you reckon um fantasy sports is just as dorky as fantasy itself like you, you may as well be playing Dungeons and Dragons I think you should shut your goddamn mouth I think <laughs> it just shows well, you know what we all play fantasy sport when you think about it and one of the stories that we're about to cover today is the fantasy sport we all play every year which is the origin sides and I tell you what New South Wales have completely shit the bed alright well today on the show we'll be discussing that the Ashes tennis women's world cup and much more Someone you love could die of a sudden cardiac arrest at any age, any fitness, at any time. More than 80% happen at home and chances of survival decrease by 10% every minute. And sadly, in Australia, around 50 people die from cardiac arrest a day while waiting for the ambulance to arrive. But now you can increase your chances of survival with CellAid, the world's first mini personal defibrillator. It's simple to use and as small as a block of chocolate. Every home should have a CellAid. It's really a lifesaver. Buy your CellAid at CellAid.io. That's C-E-L-L-A-E-D dot I-O. Okay, this uh, Ashes Saga after Test 2 I think is hilarious and I think it's fulfilling everyone's needs. Uh, England coach Brendan McCallum has trashed Australia over the stumping act yesterday. But uh, footage from the same match has been revealed that um, it might be a bit hypocritical. Yeah, well, Barstow tried to do the exact same thing to Marnus yeah. earlier in the test series. And How funny is that? Yeah, like, I, I love that we've got that out there in the open now. Not to mention there's footage as well and photos of Brendan, uh, Brendan McCullum during his time uh, playing test cricket, trying to do the same thing. But a bit different to what happened in our one where... But I think Barso was the same as well. McCullum's footage is him actually holding the ball and waiting, like for yeah. the for the batsman to leave the crease. Whereas ours was we just threw it back at the wicket immediately. You know what I mean? So it was like an off chance. Yeah, like spur of the moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the funny one as well was I think it's the Barso one when he was caught. No, oh, no, it, was, it might have been Stokes or someone. But there was a, another one that a mate was showing me where 
the um the the reaction from the English press when the Poms did it in a test match against or a match against Ireland and it was plastered up on media as a masterstroke and a genius play. Oh, uh, right. Uh, waiting for the batsman to leave his crease for a split second to stump him. Uh, so, yeah, look, it's it's just adding fuel to the fire of one of the great rivalries in cricket. I think Test Cricket really needed the Ashes to pop up and have this controversy. Um, it's been such a good series because of the timing of it, uh, being able to watch it at you know 8, 9.30 at night and watch the first innings. Uh, before bed has really worked into it, but they've done a great job. Sport is just is just storylines with a bit of hitting of a ball, and they've nailed it this time. Baseball's been the big theme, and now it is this controversy in the second test. But man, all this whinging and whining from the Poms ain't going to mean nothing if we take out the Ashes in the next test. Oh, I just I still can't get past them booing the guys as they walked up the stairs. It's just. So it's funny. massive hypocrisy, and also the rules that that we abided by in taking that wicket were written in that building. I'm pretty sure, wasn't that the birthplace? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> who cares about the rules? Let's talk about the spirit oh, of cricket. God. We're talking about the spirit yeah. of cricket, and the spirit is that they're <laughs> losing. That's a losing spirit. I feel like after this um, Ashes, there needs to be a remake of Scrooge. We need to look at cricket spirit, past, present and future. And they need to lift their game. That's not a bad shout. Not a bad shout. Well, there's more than just the Ashes going on in in, uh, in England though, mate. One of the great tournaments. We're talking Wimbledon? Hell yeah, dude. The great tennis tournament, the prestigious tournament, the strawberries and cream are out in force. Day one happened, mate. Novak Djokovic, no doubts, uh, no surprises here. Killed it. Straight sets yeah. win uh, over Pedro Hushin, uh, the Argentinian. Igor Schwartek also dominating 6-1-6-3 over Zhu Lin. I've really, those two names we mentioned because it's really their, their tournament to lose. It feels at the moment, um, of course. And we did you see the- um, the, the bloke that Kyrgios was meant to be playing, David Goffin, uh, Belgium's number one. Uh, he actually won his match against Fabian Morazan, Hungarian. Yeah, did it in four sets. Interesting that they, they still managed to get him to play. Uh, you're probably wondering about Aussies. That's what we always want to know when it comes to these international tournaments. Uh, Purcell, uh, Max Purcell, he went down to Rublev. I mean, Rublev's the seventh seed. He was always going to kind of dominate there. But he did put a bit of a challenge in the, in the second set. Uh, also, uh, Jordan Thompson, he managed to get up over Nakashima, uh, getting himself through the first round of Wimbledon. Other, other Aussies as well was uh, Vukic. Vukic, Alexander Vukic, he managed to win uh, in the first round too. So two Aussies are through. Tonight we will hopefully see... O'Connell and Demonor. A couple of games got suspended yesterday. I'm not sure why. I think maybe weather. So, again, that's one of the other things with Wimbledon. Sometimes it gets pushed back a little bit. So, so you know how um, I think it might be like at least once a month, someone on this show will mention how Ash Barty should come back because the women's uh, comp doesn't seem to have a strong lead. Well, Iga Schwartek's easily the strong lead. I mean, she's been dominating. Well, she's absolutely number one and dominating, yes. But the rest of the comp doesn't seem to be able to keep up with her. Mm. Uh, we are seeing Caroline Wozniacki uh, <laughs> announcing a surprise comeback. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Caroline Wozniacki, Wozniacki is going to be the one to challenge Igor Schwartek, but it is a nice story. You don't think... <laughs> I, I think she'll she'll be up there in the top four. You think, well, I mean, yeah, you, well, the women's draw is kind of a free... Free reign, isn't it? She does have a 70% win rate, so I guess you're probably right. <laughs> Maybe I'm talking too out of school and just so used to watching Iga just absolutely dominate. For, I mean, for a tennis player, she's older, so we'll see. But I reckon, I mean, 
you wouldn't come back in, unless you were sure of yourself. So Sure, but she's what? She'll come back five years removed from making from winning a Grand Slam and she didn't make a final at all between then and now. So it was a tough run. She did it. She only competed in one of the. Maybe of she's the just coming back for the uh, for the period pants at Wimbledon. Yeah, this is this is actually quite big news because for those that don't know, Wimbledon the most strict uh, attire rules. You probably remember Nick Kyrgios getting in trouble uh, last year, a year before, I think it was, for wearing his red hat um, and his red Jordans. Actually, I think it was out onto the court. They have a very strict white color rule. It actually last time they modified the rule was to allow brand names to have like I think a black logo through Nike and stuff like that. That was like a big oh spirit of the game type situation, right? Which is kind of a running theme in England. Uh, but this has been a long discussion for many years on the women's side of the draw about the simple fact that some of the ladies on tournament may be uh, like experiencing their menstrual cycle and will be wearing full white out on the court because the rule not only extends to your outerwear, it extends to your uh, underwear. Yeah, yeah, so you can't see it through your, your clothes, yeah. Yeah, so now uh, finally after a bit of lobbying, seemingly it's, it's crazy that it's 2023 and this is when it's, you know what I mean? Uh, I think it's weird. I think the whole thing is weird. One of the things, I will say this, it, it is kind of one of the things I love about Wimbledon is that it's every Grand Slam needs to set itself apart and like when the Wimbledon Grand Slam is that prestigious, it's everyone dresses in white and it's this, you know, the elegance of it and you've got the Royals in there and, you know, it's this whole kind of, prestigious tournament with these rules whereas the others don't have that kind of level so i think it's good i like the that everyone wears the same color obviously this is a great move and needs to have been done many many years ago yeah. all right uh let's take a quick break uh we'll be talking soccer afl nrl in just a tick for most men there comes a point he has to man up and lose some weight most fall over the first hurdle, trying some extreme diet or fitness regime that's simply too hard or unrealistic to keep up. That's why Manshake was created. Packed with protein and low in sugar, it's sure to keep you full throughout the day, not to mention it's only $2.49 a meal. Over half a million Aussie guys have lost weight the Manshake way. So join us at themanshake.com.au and get started today. Matildas are ready for their uh, World Cup campaign. 2023, Kaya Simon returns, Shad. Yeah, this is a great little addition here. She did her ACL playing for Tottenham and is now ready to return and it'll be on the grandest stage of all, the FIFA Women's World Cup, a home, kind of split home because New Zealand's getting ones as well, uh, tournament for the Aussies. I think it's great. Let's keep adding the weapons to the team, ladies and gentlemen. I'm getting really excited about our chances. I think uh, Kaya Simon doesn't get enough attention in the Australian media. She's amazing. Um, she she really, really is a good player. There's a lot of leaning on the Kerr factor. Absolutely. We're, we're all about Kerr. We're talking about Kerr. And as we should, she is the greatest Australian footballer ever mm. in my mm. books. Um, she's one of the greatest, if not the greatest, women's footballer going around right now. I mean, she's got the trophy room to kind of prove her, her standing in that regard. Uh, but as we know, football, you can score goals. We've got to defend them as well. We've got to get the ball around the middle of the pitch and we've got to have a goalkeeper who's ready. So it's a team effort. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, I think it's great to just be adding some... She's got a, a name amongst the team as well. I'm, I'm just, honestly, I know I just said it moments ago, but it's just 
I hope I, I'm really there's something about this this World Cup. I'm starting to really buy into the fever. You know, the signs are going up all around yeah. Brisbane where I'm at. You know what I mean? And it's just pictures of of Matildas up on there, and it's like you know we're getting flags now. Suncorp's getting lit up different colours each night as they're testing things out. I'm getting into the hype train. Have now. you got yourself a Matildas jersey yet? I haven't. Maybe I, I should, should. Maybe I should head down to the uh, Legends on Caxton and see if he's stocking up on Matilda's jerseys. Yeah, th- there's, look, I'm just Googling them now. There's a real difference in pricing. If you get the 2023 Women's World Cup jersey, it's 115 bucks. Mm. But if you just go for the uh, the old school Matildas, it's 45 bucks. Oh, so you're saying so, I can be cheap and still support my team? Yeah, I'm saying you can get away <laughs> on a cheapie here. <laughs> yeah, and the beauty of buying an older one, you could be like, yeah, I've been... <laughs> You've been following the for ages. <laughs> I reckon that's actually the better option. Our first matchup is, of course, later this month against the Republic of Ireland women's side. We are a dollar thirty-two favourites in that bad boy. There's there is a big divide with this World Cup when you're looking at some of the odds for some of these teams. I mean, Brazil v Panama. Brazil's one dollar one. Germany v Morocco, one dollar two. Not very good value here, Fran- Chad. France versus Jamaica, one oh four. I mean, that's a World Cup for you. England versus Haiti, 102. The US suspended. You can't even bet on them against Vietnam. (laughs) So, but I'm excited. It's going to be a great World Cup. Having a look at the AFL, Lance Franklin has been wheeled out for his last legs tour for the final game at the MCG. Yeah, well, buddy, uh, I like that you said last legs, and that's kind of mean, but that's fair enough. Uh, He's only only... Six players in VFL and AFL history have kicked more goals than Buddy Franklin. Uh, one more match at the MCG. Do you? Here's a question for you, Dan. And this might mm. this might dictate my punting for the weekend. Does Lance Franklin kick a goal or even two at the MCG for his possible last game? Uh, don't ask me because I, I'll, I'll mock it. I don't want to answer that question. <laughs> so that's a yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. You're going to say no. So I should put money on it. Is that what you're saying? No, no comment. <laughs> okay, I'm doing it. Two goals for Buddy Franklin this weekend at the MCG. Fine, Dan, I will. I will put that in my bet. Uh, he's What a story career for Buddy Franklin. It's kind of a shame that he's going out limping out. It sucks. I, I really hate seeing legends um, get old because, you know, it reminds you of mortality and how, you know, the most amazing people still crumble like the rest of it. Mm, yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, this will be interesting to see crowd reactions. I feel like because it's, you know, it's got that kind of ending to it, you'll probably see a very warm crowd at the MCG for it. I bloody hope so because, you know, he was booed by Collingwood last time, which is just, uh, it's yeah, people are disappointed. Yeah, they are disappointing. <laughs> what a way to end that story. <laughs> uh, well, let's let's hope Lance is not disappointing and the crowd treat him with the respect he bloody well deserves. All right, two or more, two or more goals. Lance Franklin in the <laughs> AFL. I'm doing it now on my preferred betting app that I will not say because we might get a sponsor that will be opposing it. <laughs> let's talk Origin because I know you've been keen or waiting to talk about it the whole time. What do you think of the teams picked? Oh, I think Freddie Fittler has completely lost his marbles. And uh, look, as a Queenslander, it's very easy for us to sit on our high horse when the only changes we had to make were through suspension and one injury. But this is how this is how Queensland changed their team, right? Reese Walsh gets suspended. Billy could have very easily gone and begged Kalen Ponga to come on, mate, come and play for Queensland. 
don't don't like put a line through it. But Kalen put it ruled himself out for for Origins, so they just went. Who was our 18th man in game two? AJ Brimson. He's a fullback. All right, Brimmer goes into the fullback position. Flegler's injured. All right, who's our forward that was out there? 19th man. Yeah. All right, we'll bring them in. Like it's very clear methods. Horsburgh comes into the side for Flegler. Redhead for redhead. Fullback for more fullback. <laughs> All makes sense. All right. New South Wales. They go, yeah, let's just burn yet another player who's played one game for us. Uh, they used Stefano for 12 minutes total, I think it was, and now he's not back in the side. A young, new forward to the game. They bring Kalamatangi into the starting side, which I think is a good move. I like Kalamatangi, but he'll probably get burned after one game and not brought back. My question is, what is this team supposed to do? Bradman Best being picked at centre. Everyone's blowing up about it. You're going to hear about it a million times. They pushed Brandy on it last night on that NRL 360, and he got angry about the questioning of the decision, saying it was rude to Bradman Best. Bradman Best scored a hat-trick on the weekend for the Knights' demolition of the Bulldogs, Mm. but it was against the Bulldogs, right? Now, bear in mind, on the Bulldogs' side of the ball, there was Matt Burton, who has played State of Origin and played quite well, to be honest. He's also won Centre of the Year in previous years of his career, and he has a kicking game that causes every fullback and winger to panic, right? We've seen it, the Burton bombs. They don't even put him in the side. He's been there before. They choose Bradman Best for his um, for his debut in the centres. I'm pretty sure it's his debut uh, because he scores a hat-trick against the Bulldogs. The guy hasn't been playing an amazing lights-out footy, not to mention the Parramatta Eels have been playing great offence at the moment. You've got Palacios sitting there as an option. You've got the Panthers centre, I think it's Targo or whatever. He's an option as well. They're making the craziest calls... And, then, and there's this big call. I'm sorry to continue the rant here, Dan. But when uh, we say that New South Wales don't get it and we say Queensland just get it, and a lot of my mates go, what is it? What do you mean get it? What is it? You know what it is? It is how to manage a bench. That's what it is. Mm. How to pick players on the bench. You've got two forwards, a hooker, and a back who's probably, if it sits the way it is, I can't even see how Gutho's going to even get on the field. There's no game plan. I know I'm overhyping it and New South Wales might end up winning this one, but I don't understand the pick of this team. You'd want to pick for future. You want to win the series. You want to win the last game so that you don't get whitewashed. But this side doesn't reek of, oh, this is a dominating side to win the last game. And it also doesn't reek of, where's the future? Nico Hines, who did... Did like did he like root Fittler's daughter or some shit? Like, why didn't he get a start... In this squad, in the last game of Dead Rubber, to see how this uh, five eighth can go and hopefully be one of your options next year, it's crazy. Yeah, every, everyone's turned on Freddie. Do you think that first? I think it was two thousand and nineteen where he basically, um, you know, coached New South Wales to an amazing victory. It felt like he turned Origin around. Do you think he just had a lucky year that first year, or or what? I think that I think that Freddie Fittler is has done a tremendous job for New South Wales. He's one of their greats, if not their greatest player. Um, yes. And he's one of their more successful coaches, especially how their last few years, have been, uh, the last decade has been going. Yeah, I'm not taking anything away from Freddie. What I think is, is that he's been bamboozled, a bit rattled. I think not just him. I think the selectors of New South Wales as well. They've been reactionary. They haven't had a real solid plan this year. And I know we're banging on and making this episode really long, but I spoke about this on another pod yesterday. I was at an Origin event where Ryan Girdler told a story of how Freddie didn't want to play in what was supposed to be his last Origin game. I think it was 2001. And he told this story about Freddie saying that he didn't want to go out there, like he didn't want to play. 
and Gertz had to go, no, you have to, mate. You're the captain of the Blues. We've got to go out there. And he said the Blues got pumped and Freddie had an awful game. And that was how he ended his origin career until he had his big comeback. And Fuck. I look, I remembered that story yesterday chatting with Sam Thiday about origin. And it made me think, is this what's happened? This Queensland team has rattled him and there's like a little bit of not really knowing what to do because he had that two successful years, which was great. There was the... Then I think I could be wrong on the timeline here, but then it's like the tr- the holy trinity of Queensland take over the coaching reins. Yeah, Billy Slater, Cam Smith, and Jonathan Thurston, the most successful trio in Origin history, then take over and then win. And maybe there's a little bit of rattled from. I know, and I'm speaking of some with no experience, but like. This just reeks of a little bit of knee-jerk reaction and a bit of panic in selection and not enough, hey, this is our game plan, this is how we're going to win. Yeah, well, something's happened. Mm. I usually think this is my opinion on things like that and I don't know, uh, like I really have no idea of his situation, but people like him are surrounded by too many people giving too much advice. Yeah, I believe that for sure. Yeah, Just and a lot of people who are giving that advice don't give good, good advice. Yeah. Because they're, they're all selfish and people. I will say this as well to my mates that go, oh, we've picked so many shit, shit sides. New South Wales dominated territory in the first two games, 75% yeah. and 65%. They also won the possession count, 55 I think, both games. Yeah, the, the, the first now, game was unlucky, that's for sure. Yeah, but, but even in the second game, you had field position and you had possession of the football. The problem for New South Wales isn't in the forwards which is where a lot of these changes ended up happening. The problem wasn't in the forwards. The problem, the forwards are doing all the work. They're getting you up there. The problem was is no direction in attack. Now, is changing around the centres and halves combinations frequently conducive to that? No. Injuries forced it, obviously. But, like, I don't see these changes changing the issue of can't score in the red zone. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean, mm. but I also think we'll see. Yeah, exactly. Now I'll have to eat my humble pie and we yeah, get dominated yeah, by 50 yeah. points of fucking Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it for Afternoon Sport. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, Cell AED, the world's smallest defibrillator. Strong enough to probably restart the hopes oh, of New oh, South Wales. We'll be back tomorrow with your daily <laughs> dose of sport. Hi, it's David Poir here, host of the Employability Podcast. We have a new season of episodes for you to listen to. So if you're someone starting out in your professional career and looking for a way to get ahead in the corporate world, tune in. On the pod, we talk to a bunch of people from diverse backgrounds who have navigated their way to successful careers here in Australia. Find the Employability Podcast on any podcast app and click to follow. Listener.